Hello there, this is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast about every episode of Doctor Who, which is a TV show that I thought had like different serials and stuff. But we've been talking about this one for a long time now. It's just going to be Daleks and maybe Chen <laughs> and sometimes the monk <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> Every doctor. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I said earlier I wasn't going to do math, but at one point I was like, hold on. We've had two episodes which aren't, which are, aren't missing and 25% of them aren't missing. Mm-hmm. That means one episode in every th- four is not missing. And we're on... Dang it, now I am doing that. <laughs> I, I didn't intend to. Uh-huh. I started this sentence, and I'm like... I, I meant to just cut it off as a joke. <laughs> then I kept going. And that means that e- either we have this episode and then two more to go or after these we've got four more to go um after these four so we're on episode 10 of this serial right yeah so you either have this one and two more yeah or this one and six more which i hope is not the case i'm not <laughs> loving it but i'm yeah like you I, I i too am just about ready for for there to be more uh doctor who happening uh-huh so yeah this is in indeed the 10th episode of the Daleks master plan serial. Yes. Well, before we begin, one thing I wanted to say was that, um, since I always report in on every star Wars show that's happening that we've been watching, I should also mention, um, no star Wars shows happening right now, but we've been watching strange new worlds and it has been phenomenal. Such a good show. Um, so we had the Lower Decks crossover episode, which was super good. Um, we had like the, the war trauma, war as hell PTSD episode, which like was not super fun, but like definitely we had some interesting discussions, uh, as mm-hmm. a result of it. And now we're looking forward to what's coming up this week, which is the musical episode, which, my God, I am just so <laughs> looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I, I was, I think the episode I was most looking forward to, but I know definitely the episode I was most looking forward to this season was the Lower Decks one. And that one honestly like exceeded my expectations, which oh, I did yeah, not think was too. possible. Like my expectations so were high, but they were still exceeded. Yeah. Like uh, Jack Quaid and Tanya Newsome playing Brad Boimler and Beckett Mariner were just incredible. Incredible. Every scene they were in was my favorite scene. And <laughs> uh-huh. the, the Strange New Worlds cast, who are all excellent. Like I, I genuinely like all of them. Um, they, they just uh, all had the opportunity to, to play like either the straight man to these like funny the straight person to these funny people or to you know show their own humor and it was it was excellent just solid gold episode yeah yeah it really was it was it was you know definitely one of the best episodes of strange new worlds and probably one of the best episodes of star trek like in general Straight up, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It's my top 10 easy. Top five, I don't know, I haven't thought about it, but like it might be. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah, honestly. Um, so good. And and some of it is maybe I'm, I'm still just riding that high, but uh, maybe in, in, in hindsight, I'll be like, well, you know, they could have done this differently or like I wish they'd done that. But um, nope, right now I'm just like, that was amazing. Phenomenal. Uh-huh. Loved it. 
uh good show i will also say i will also say the strange new worlds overall is like quickly becoming one of my favorite star trek series like oh, yeah the worst episode of strange new worlds is still probably better than like <laughs> 60 or 70 percent of star trek and yeah. i'm saying this as a person <laughs> who loves all of star trek Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're both big, big time Trekkies. I think you've noticed that, listeners. You don't need to tell you that if you've been here since the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, and then plus, I, I saw Kyle when he was at Comic Con. I saw his cosplay photos where he was wearing a Star Trek, a Starfleet uniform. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, big time Trekkies over here. But yeah. uh, one of my favorite Trek memes is, is the one that's like, yes, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. No, I don't like that episode. No, I don't like that one either. Nope, not that one either. Like, yeah. uh, a lot of Star Trek is like, we love it, but it can be kind of mediocre. There are a lot of, let's just say there were a lot of filler episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially in like the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Sometimes those are fun, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good. <laughs> yeah, specifically. Uh, for some reason, when you said I specifically had this like strong mental image of the one where like Wesley Crusher stumbles and falls into that like, um, little greenhouse or something and they're gonna put him to death uh-huh. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. well, guess guess you're gonna be executed now sorry <laughs> yep they're fun but not all great speaking of things that are fun but not always great <laughs> should we talk about today's episode yeah let's get down to it <laughs> excellent i love that segue <laughs> <laughs> So this is Escape Switch. Uh, as mentioned earlier, it's the 10th episode of the Daleks Master Plan. Season 3, episode 19. Indeed. And it was written by Dennis Spooner from an idea by Terry Nation. That was the other clue that I gave about the length of the serial was that it was half and half written by Terry Nation and Dennis Spooner. Yeah, you gave us a goddamn <laughs> word problem. Uh-huh. Word problem? Word problem? Word puzzle? Oh, I'm going to leave this in. <laughs> <laughs> word problem. Okay, so um, how'd you watch it? So remember in the previous episode where I teased the possibility of another non-missing episode in the serial. <laughs> Kyle's got an impish smile on his face. <laughs> this, uh, this could go either way, folks. <laughs> this is actually it. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> so this episode was actually found in the Mormon church in 1983 in London, <laughs> along with the, the other one, uh, Episode five or whichever one it was, counterplot. And so many cans of soup. <laughs> uh, there are there were apparently like other BBC film cans there. I don't know what was in them. As far as I know, these two episodes were the only Doctor Who episodes that were found there. Which is wild because they're not even consecutive. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would love to know the back. Oh, you probably will never know. Yeah, I was actually thinking, like, listener Jeff asked us in season two what we would watch on a time-space visualizer. Uh-huh. And definitely one thing that I would watch would be, like, 
figuring out how these episodes got into this Mormon church. <laughs> it's yeah, it, it just blows my mind. Um, I mean, maybe it's a simple explanation. Maybe it's like, oh, they did have all the episodes for this serial, but they just had them in another box or something. And like through, through the years, one of the boxes got thrown away or, or misplaced and the other one didn't or uh-huh. who knows, who knows. And, you know, I would use my time space visualizer to like track down any remaining missing episodes that are still to be found, you know, that if there are any that still exist that haven't been destroyed or whatever. But first I would figure out like what the hell these were doing in that in that church. <laughs> yeah, you could also probably like hook up a VCR to your time space visualizer and just record the original episodes and have to find <laughs> them in the modern day. Yeah, that's like, probably true. Know, get, get them off the original broadcast or whatever. Uh huh. As a telesnap. All right. Well, um, Cliff, should we do the Cliff Dangler? Yeah. Do you? I know you remember what it was because we just recorded. We just recorded it. Also, we did a bunch of bits on it. (laughs) (laughs) The the Cliff Dangler is that a sarcophagus just opened and a hand reached out and could it be a mummy? It's not. It's the doctor. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) uh, Listeners, I don't know this for a fact, but I also know it. uh, I also do know it for a fact. It is the doctor. So the sarcophagus opens further mm-hmm. and a a fool mummy comes out moaning. Mm-hmm. Stephen thinks that it's trying to say something. So he goes up to it and unwraps its face and finds the monk. Well, thank goodness for that. Oh, the monk. It's not the doctor. Yep. <laughs> well, we knew it wasn't a mummy. So uh, I guess I was half right. And, yes, and yet it's still a, a bit of a surprise. <laughs> It's a, it's a monk me. <laughs> it's a monk. <laughs> uh, anyway, Kyle, please save me for myself. <laughs> so we cut away from this. We cut over to the Daleks and Mavic Chen having a discussion. I do wish it had been the doctor and the mummy so it could be like, and then he like run wraps the face. My dear boy. <laughs> <laughs> So the Daleks are telling Mavic Chen that, you know, they gave the monk an hour to retrieve the Terranium. This hour has run out and the plan has failed. And Mavic Chen is telling them that they should be flexible and they shouldn't measure time so exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, they do have a time machine. Yeah. You got to be pretty exact when you have a time machine if you actually want to like control it. Oh, maybe that's your problem there, Kyle. <laughs> maybe you should be the doc. Maybe you should be like the doctor and just go wherever. Uh huh. The Daleks don't give a fuck what Shen thinks. Uh huh. Yeah, we picked up on that. <laughs> so they start preparing to disembark from their time machine with the intention of treating all forms of life as hostile. You mean their usual? <laughs> uh-huh. They order Chen to come along with them, and he's like, If you insist on this approach, I fail to see how I can be made to answer for the consequences! And he shoves a Dalek's eye stock aside as he walks past. Dang. Can you imagine if someone just, like, shoved you by the eyeball? <laughs> Rude. Uh-huh. I would film negativize that guy. Yeah, seriously. It's coming, though. It's coming. Folks, if maybe Chen makes it through this serial, I'm going to be very surprised. 
we cut back to inside the pyramid where Stephen is helping the monk unwrap his mummy wrappings, which the monk claims the doctor did to him. <laughs> this explains why it was so tight. Also, <laughs> hey. Uh-huh. So he says he was trying to warn the doctor about the Daleks, and Sarah and Stephen are basically both like, Psh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yep. Stephen and Sarah start to speculate about where the doctor is and whether they should go looking for him or stay here and wait for him. They're like, should we be people of sitting around? <laughs> should we be people of waiting? I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't Where feel options? right. <laughs> the monk starts saying that they should definitely stay here because he has a headache and the doctor probably has some good drugs or whatever in the TARDIS. So and they should definitely let him in there right, to go they get should let him into the TARDIS to go get some drugs. <laughs> Can't blame a guy for trying. Uh-huh. <laughs> they basically just like completely ignore him and talk over him and make the decision to be people of action and go looking for the doctor and they're going to bring the monk with them. Oh good. He has not been paying attention to them either. So when like all three of them finish talking, the monk asks Stephen if he's going to let him into the TARDIS or what. <laughs> and Stephen's like, Look, I couldn't even if I wanted to. The doctor's the only one with a key. But also, I don't want to. <laughs> uh-huh. I just I figured I'd add that. <laughs> Didn't want you to get the wrong impression. Stephen says that they're going to go find the doctor and the monk has an aside to himself where he says, That's what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. We cut to outside where Stara Kinglor is calling for the doctor and the monk is telling them both that it's a waste of time. Uh, the monk. How much of a can-do attitude there. <laughs> uh-huh. After a few moments of this, the monk basically waits until they're not paying as much attention to him, and he sneaks around a corner where he runs into a couple of Daleks as a Dalek also rolls up on Stephen and Sarah and basically forces them around the corner as well, to rejoin the monk, where they will all be exterminated. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what... I mean, obviously, the bad guys have to not just immediately shoot on sight, or this would be a short episode and show. Um, but, yeah, all right, interesting choice. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the Daleks would certainly be a lot more effective if they did just shoot on sight. Yeah. But no, we gotta like gather him into a little group and then do them all at once, I guess. Yeah. The monk stalls. He tells Mavic Chen, who's also there, that he doesn't have the Terranium Core, but he did bring hostages for Chen. <laughs> well, that's uh, worth a shot. Uh huh. Chen thinks that this might actually work to get the Terranium, since the doctor 
is so loyal to his friends. And at first, the Daleks aren't really into the idea, but then Chen rolls pretty high on a persuasion check, so they go along with it, and Sarah, Stephen, and the monk all get escorted to the Dalek time machine. Cool. We get a brief scene with two ancient Egyptians who are discussing how their prisoners have escaped. Their prisoners, of course, being Stephen and Sarah Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what we did wrong. We, like, put them in a room, we turned around and faced the other direction, and then we just waited for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Seems ironclad to me. One of them thinks that they should go, like, get the other Egyptian guys and all go after the prisoners. But the other one, who I guess is the one in charge, says that they need to wait for Hyksos to return or they'll be destroyed by the war machines. Oh, nice. War machines. Into that. Hyksos said he would return when the sun was above us. See, we do not have long to wait. Very cool. Very cool. Uh Uh-huh. We cut from this line to a shot of the sun in the clear sky. So, you know, it's mostly just like a gray shot because it's in black and white (laughs) with a bright light in the center. Yep. The music plays for a few moments and the camera slowly and then more quickly changes focus And we realize that what we thought was the sun and the sky was actually a light reflecting off of a Dalek shell. Oh, cool. I did Yeah, it was really neat. It was just like a very out-of-focus close-up. I'm glad we have this episode for that fun little camera trick. Yeah, totally. And yeah, so the camera shifts focus. We see it's a Dalek. The eye stalk, like, rotates into frame. And then the Dalek starts speaking, and the next scene happens. Nice. It was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a fun transition. And I even wrote in my notes that I'm happy that this episode exists because of this moment. Nice. High five, Kyle from the past writing those notes. (laughs) The Dalek time machine has a feature that they just call voice audio. And the range of the voice audio has been adjusted to seven Earth miles. <laughs> oh, man. I, why do I love cheesy junk like that? <laughs> One of the Daleks goes to bring Mavic Chen to the voice audio. And in the meantime, the monk is telling Sarah and Stephen that he saved their lives, getting them brought here to the Dalek time machine instead of just, like, all of them getting exterminated outside. Yeah, technically true, but I think he was mostly trying to just save his own life. Yeah. They, of course, don't trust him. Yeah. They believe that he's working with the Daleks. Pretty much. I mean, uh... Yeah. I think think he's also starting to kind of pick up on what's going on here, so... We'll see how how good a decision he makes from here on out. He insists that he's not working with the Daleks. He's not on their side. 
he didn't actually mean what he said earlier, and that basically claiming them as hostages was like a risky ploy to save all of their lives. Hmm. Do you believe him, listeners? Sarah actually is not sure. She's like, you know, maybe he's telling the truth. Matilda also sounds kind of skeptical. Uh-huh. Steven is pretty much mostly on the side of not believing. <laughs> yeah. Hey folks, isn't this a good podcast? If you like what you hear, let us know. You can do that on social media or by email or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Another thing you can do if you like this show is let your friends know. Word of mouth is the best way for us to get new listeners. And now, back to the show. Mavic Chen arrives, and he starts to speak into the voice audio. He's addressing the doctor, and then he kind of does the whole, like, is this working thing? And the Daleks are like, yes, it's fucking working. Keep going. <laughs> uh, I dig it. And Sarah and Steven realize the voice audio is basically a loudspeaker system. <laughs> Why don't you just call it that? <laughs> voice audio. It sounds cooler. Uh-huh. Aren't all voices kind of audio, though? Shut <laughs> up, human. The voice audio, I guess, only transmits voice and not other sounds, maybe. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's kind of cool. That way, like, uh, if someone has, say, I don't know, a red machine going in the background, I don't know why I thought of that example, it wouldn't be picked up on it, uh -huh. on the recording or the, the broadcast. Yeah, I don't think we planned this out very well. <laughs> I did think about, like, if it has a range of at least seven miles and maybe more, it must be, like, really fucking loud if you're nearby. Or maybe that's what makes it such cool technology is that, like, it's not just a loud sound at the origins, origin point and then it's steadily quieter the further out you get. Maybe it's like a, a, a consistent volume over those seven miles. That would be, that would be cool. And then if you're, like, 7.1 miles away, you just, like, Silence. don't hear it at all. Nothing at all. Yeah. That would be pretty cool, actually. That's my new headcanon for what voice audio is. Excellent. Chen continues his speech. He tells the doctor that his friends are being held captive, and they will be killed if the doctor doesn't return the Terranium. He basically gives the location of the Dalek time machine and tells the doctor to go there for instructions. We make a few cuts around the area, showing first that the doctor definitely heard the message. We then also see that the ancient Egyptians also definitely heard the message. Okay, hopefully they, they realize this now means that our heroes are not in cahoots with the Daleks. Uh-huh. Well, one of them thinks that it was the voice of the gods, but... Uh -oh. the other ones like, nah, dude, the gods would talk about shit that we understand. 
this was the same dudes that built the war machines, which is what we call Daleks. Oh, all right. There we go. The doctor shows up at the designated location. And first he makes the Daleks bring Stephen and Sarah out of the time machine so he can see for himself that they're alive and okay, which they are. They're unharmed and everything. He agrees to return the Terranium to the Daleks, but only if they will do it on his terms. <laughs> uh, didn't we already try something like this once? <laughs> uh-huh. With the, with the, the force field around Steven. <laughs> Chen and the Daleks don't want to negotiate terms. Yeah, they're like, come on, buddy. <laughs> uh-huh. Fool us once. One of the Daleks is like, we're gonna exterminate you now. And the doctor's like, yeah, you totally could. And then you'd never get the fucking Terranium back. Yeah, that's right. So they ask what his terms are. And his terms are that they should bring the prisoners, including the monk, to a location that he will designate on their mini-maps. And they should do the exchange all at once. And it should just be the prisoners, Mavic Chen, and one Dalek that come. Well, uh, interesting. We'll see how this works. The Daleks basically agree to all this, and the Doctor leaves. Chen tells the Dalek that he's surprised that it agreed so readily to the Doctor's terms, and the Dalek is like, One Dalek is capable of exterminating all! Nice. This isn't a spoiler, because by the time we get to it, you'll have forgotten, but there's that uh, moment in Modern Who where the Daleks are going to throw down with the Cybermen, and they're they're saying, like, you know, how many Cybermen are there? There's, like, thousands or something, and there's, I don't know, four or five Daleks, and the uh-huh. Cybermen are like, you would destroy all these Cybermen with just five Daleks or however many, and the Daleks like, we could destroy all the Cybermen with one Dalek, and it's just like, oh, my God. It's like, oh, it's even one of my favorite moments in Doctor Who. <laughs> the other four Daleks are all just like, fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that the Daleks already have that kind of level of confidence. Very good. You like to see it. <laughs> uh-huh. We get a brief scene of Hyksos returning with a bunch of men with spears. Yeah, guys, good luck with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> when your enemies are, are literally made of metal. <laughs> He tells Kefren that he's already got men moving into position and he's ready to attack the war machines. We get another brief scene of the Doctor leaving the TARDIS with the actual Terranium core. Okay. And he locks the TARDIS door behind him as he goes. It's not made of paper mache this time? No, they've they've already gone through the paper mache one. (laughs) Not a paper mache Over at the scene of the rendezvous The Daleks are telling Chen and the prisoners About how the exchange is going to go down When they all hear the doctor's voice Shout out that they should all stay where they are And only move when he tells them to Okay, well, he likes telling people what to do, that's true (laughs) Uh Uh-huh Wonder what his plan is. 
he calls Mavic Chen over and basically says that Chen disregarded his conditions because he said only one Dalek and two of them came. And Chen's oh, basically just like, yeah, you try telling the Daleks what the what to do. <laughs> uh, we, well, we know the Daleks know how to count because they count every <laughs> uh-huh. chance they get. So there's no excuse. Yeah, I guess they're giving up on the idea of one Dalek exterminating all, though. The other one's like, I didn't want to be left out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Chen's just like, you know, you try telling the Daleks what to do. The doctor says that he won't hand over the Terranium until the hostages are released. So the Dalek guarding the hostages is like, You are released. Hmm. And the doctor like tells them to run away, and they do. You know, the monk, Sir, and Stephen all run away. He tells Chen to come over and join him, and Chen does. And the doctor hands the Terranium core over to Chen and then immediately runs away himself. Hmm, interesting. We know this is a power source. <laughs> Can it be rigged to blow? Just then, as we wonder about that, the Egyptians show up and start attacking the Daleks. Yay, but also good luck, guys. You're going to need it. Uh-huh. A bunch of them do get film negativized, but they also do manage to like trap the Daleks in place using basically some rubble and also the body or two of some film negativized Egyptians. Oh, dang. That's hardcore. Yeah. Using the bodies of your own fallen comrades to, to kind of trap the enemy. Stephen and Sarah are excited that the doctor has managed to save the day again. But the doctor is like, no, 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 not quite. I did actually give them the real Terranium. Yeah. If you didn't booby trap it, we might be in trouble here, folks. Yeah. So, yeah, stopping the Daleks seems pretty hopeless until the doctor reveals that he has the directional unit from the monk's TARDIS. So they might be able to install the directional unit into the doctor's TARDIS and get back to Kemble and stop the Daleks from there, basically. So do we know what the directional unit does? Is it that just like what, what controls where it goes? I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh... It seems like a good thing to have. Uh-huh. But also when he was messing with the, the appearance of the, the monk's TARDIS, I guess I just assumed that that meant that the thing that he stole from it was going to be the thing that helps it change its appearance. Yeah, uh, I kind of thought so too. Not. But apparently like messing with its appearance did actually have a point because he's hoping, or the idea is that if the Daleks try to track the Doctor, apparently they'll track the Monk instead. If they're just, I guess, tracking like the police box time machine or whatever. Yeah, Who knows? Just tracking police box shaped objects. Right. There's so many of them in the <laughs> 1960 decade on Earth. <laughs> 
police boxes everywhere. Which one should we track? Sarah wonders, like, where the monk went. The doctor basically says that he doesn't give a shit. And the three of them, (laughs) Dr. Sarah and Stephen, all enter the doctor's TARDIS. Uh, It's cold, doctor. It's cold. The monk arrives back at his own TARDIS. He, you know, obviously sees that the doctor has transformed it into a police box. Some Daleks arrive and start getting ready to exterminate the monk. So he rushes into his TARDIS and it dematerializes as the Daleks start to fire their film negativizers. If he'd only taken the time to change his shape first. Yeah. uh, He might have gotten away. Oh, no, he does get away. He dematerializes. Yeah, but then, like, aren't the dogs going to chase him now? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Mavic Chen arrives on the scene with a couple other Daleks, and he shows them all that he has the Terranium Core, so they all start heading back toward the Dalek time machine so they can head back to Kemble. Cool. Well, sounds like that's where we're going to have our showdown. So maybe the serial is coming closer to a conclusion. (laughs) Back on the doctor's TARDIS, the doctor is pretty sure that the monk will leave them alone now. If for no other reason that it's going to take the monk a long time to replace his missing directional unit. He just likes messing with the the monk's TARDIS. Uh Uh-huh. He's actually not entirely sure whether the directional unit is going to work in his own TARDIS or not, because it's a Mark IV. Remember, the monk's TARDIS was, like, newer and nicer than the doctor's. Right. So the monk's TARDIS is the Mark IV, right? But do we still not know what Mark the doctor's is? Um, It was unclear in the dialogue whether... He meant that the directional unit was Mark IV, or whether his own TARDIS was Mark IV, I think. Hmm. I feel like we when, when we heard the monk's TARDIS's unit before, I think that was four. Yeah, maybe it was the four in the, the previous serial. I can't remember for sure. So he says that there are two possibilities. One, it will work. Go on, Doctor. Uh, Let me guess what the other one might be. (laughs) Uh Number two, the increased energy rate will certainly destroy the center column. Oh, well, uh, well, that's a little more detailed um, uh, than I expected. (laughs) They're just going to say, one, it might work. Two, it might not work. Those are the options. (laughs) Three, it might kind of work. Hmm. (laughs) As the Daleks compute their course to Kemble and prepare to dematerialize, we cut to an ice planet where a big chunk of ice materializes. (laughs) I like it. A door opens in the ice chunk and the monk steps out. He sees that he's not where he intended to be, And apparently this is when and how he discovers that his directional unit has been stolen. Ah, that's rough, buddy. Now, I'll have to wander through time and space as lost as he is. 
this, Doctor? I'll get you one day! And now, because this is not a missing episode, do we see him shake those fists? Uh, I don't think he actually did, but I'm sure he meant to. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to because uh-huh. uh, the, the dialogue conveyed that emotion. Back on the doctor's TARDIS, he has finished installing the directional unit. He's hesitant to try it out because it's so dangerous and risky. But Stephen and Sarah basically remind him that they don't have any other chances. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, it's finished, my dear, but... Uh... Oh, come on, Doctor, we haven't got time for butts. This is our only hope. The Doctor tells Stephen to pull the switch, which he does. And as soon as he does, the camera operator starts to shake the camera around as smoke fills the set and then it all fades to black as the words next episode the abandoned planet appear on screen Next episode, did they just blow up? (laughs) (laughs) The Abandoned Planet. Very cool. Uh, Yeah, that was a a pretty cool episode. I'm glad we have it. I'm honestly tempted to go out and watch it. Yeah, I mean, I think if only 25% of the serial is going to be not missing, this is definitely, you know, one that I would would pick to be in the 25%. I, I enjoy that the, the monk kind of almost was uh, on the same side as the doctor and Stephen and Sarah for a little bit until he wasn't. <laughs> uh-huh. um, always a good vibe. And the, um, what should we say, the monkter ship is a good one. Yeah, I think, I think monkter is still potentially on the table. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. All right, Kyle, did you have any other notes for this episode? Um, I don't think I did. Alrighty. In that case, we'd like to thank Circuit23 for the awesome theme music you made for us. You can check him out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Um, and uh, thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me all about it. And thank you, Benny, for listening to me talk all about Doctor Who. And thank you, listeners, for listening to me listen to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us at the Doctor's Watcher. Send us your thoughts. Indeed. And tell your friends and leave us five-star ratings and all that good stuff. Yes. Tell us what your favorite ships are on the show. Indeed. The Stara Kingler. Stara Kingler is still going strong. You got Munkter. And whatever bullshit we came up with for maybe <laughs> Chen and the Black Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners. See you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.
Oh, come on, Doctor, we haven't got time for butts. This is our only hope. Yeah, was that Stephen or Sarah who said we don't have time for butts? Uh, let me look it up. I didn't actually note down who it was. Because whichever one said it, the other one's going to look mildly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would have time for butts. My butt. 